Hi, everyone, and welcome to Academic Dean, where we connect with passionate college leaders who share their stories and viewpoints of higher education, especially lessons learned along the way. Now, here's your host, Dr. Dave Gurchak. Hi, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Daniel Kaur to our show. Dr. Kaur is the president of Arizona Western in Yuma, Arizona. Hi, Daniel. I'm excited to have you on our show today. I'm thrilled to be here. This is going to be fun. Tell me about Arizona Western College and why students select your institution. Uh, boy, I, uh, that's one thing I could talk about all, all afternoon. So you, you just shut me up when you've heard enough. But I'd love to talk about Arizona Western College. And I'll start with, with our greatest asset, our students. Um, so we are really proud of the fact that two-thirds of our students, fully 66% of our students, are first generation, the first in their family to attend uh, higher education. That's the highest percentage of any community college in Arizona and one of the highest of any community colleges across the nation. Um, wow. And that really is significant because our mission statement speaks to transforming lives uh, through education and partnerships to create thriving communities. And that starts with education. Um, and we're just really proud that two thirds of our students are, are, are that all important first gen student. 55% um, of our students, uh, English is not their native language. Uh, it, uh, Spanish is, we're a border town. Uh, we're about 20 minutes uh, from the Mexican border, um, tucked down in Southwestern Arizona. Um, and uh, our students also, 56%, just one percentage more, is are fully Pell eligible, which means they are profoundly impacted by poverty. 71% um, of our students are, are Latino or Latinx. Um, but so first gen Latinx, um, uh, profoundly impacted by poverty and, and non-native speakers, those are kind of the demographic, but really that doesn't define our student population. They are uh, wildly successful. Um, we award associate degrees at roughly three times the state average here in Arizona, um, because our students, they're amazing, they're tenacious, they're passionate, and uh, I'm just really proud of what they do and our role in helping them get to where they wanna go. That is so neat. Um it sure seems like you're hitting the mission of a community college, which is to help people move their lives forward. So that's that's really neat. What kind of what kind of programs do your students? Um, um, I, I don't want to ask what's your most popular program. Yeah. But what are but can you tell tell me a little bit about some of your programs and what seems to draw your students in? Yeah, absolutely. So increasingly, uh, our our students are attracted to, to career and technical ed uh, type programming. Uh, I just started my sixth year as president, proud president here at the college. And when I started, about 25% of our courses uh, were CTE, you know, student enrollment were in CTE. That's up to about 40%, and the trajectory continues upwards. At some point, those lines will cross. Um, uh, but there, you know, with, with a college as large as we are, we serve about 11,000 students, uh, most of them part-time, but 11,000 students. Um, so there's no one typical program, but typically they're drawn to a, a vocation, uh, you know, whether it's welding, HVAC, um, you know, we're a huge agricultural community. Ag is critical. Uh, if you eat a salad anytime during the winter, that lettuce 
came from Yuma. It came from the Yuma Valley. Uh, we are the win leafy wintergreen capital of the world. Um, so ag is important. Now we see, we have images of ag and some of them are field workers, uh, you know, pulling uh, lettuce out of the field. And that certainly is part of it, but boy, there's irrigation and there's pesticide and there's some very high tech, well-paying jobs in ag. And we wanna be the provider to those and we are. So as with most community colleges, Dave, we're charged with being all things to all people. And we embrace that, we really do. Oh, good for you guys. What, what's new at uh, Arizona Western? What's on the horizon? Yeah, there's the, uh, and boy, I, I, we don't know what we don't know, but here's what we think is on the horizon. Uh, you know, and, and I spoke of the, the, the prevalence of career and technical education and the idea of, of receiving education to secure employment, to, to, you know, to live the life that you'd like. Even that is changing dramatically. Um, and uh, higher ed is really going through a transformation right now. And, and some of it is being driven by this concept of short-term, perhaps even non-credit, industry-recognized credentials. Um, IT is way out in front of this, right? Um, you know, uh, for we are a, um, a member organization with Amazon Web Services. Um, and in, in this, it's you can take it for credit or you can take it for non-credit and you have to be able to prove that you can do A, B, C, and D. And then that results in an industry recognized credential that industry says, okay, we can hire Dave because we know he can do A, B, C, and D. Increasingly, that's become the currency. Uh, healthcare is moving that way a little bit. Ag is certainly moving towards that. They wanna know that you, what skills you can demonstrate and it's not necessarily solely through the accumulation of credits that lead to a degree, that lead to a transfer degree and a baccalaureate. A lot of it is you have to be able to prove you can do A, B, and C. Here's the other thing, Dave. You and I were probably educated in an environment, I certainly was, where the semester started in August and it started in January and it consisted of 16 weeks and uh, perhaps a week of finals. Um, and if you wandered onto a college or university in September, you'd be told to come back because we'll start again in four months. That, that doesn't work. That doesn't work anymore. Folks want almost on-demand education. Um, they wanna be able to start at, at different intervals. Um, they wanna be able to study in different modalities. Uh, they want to be assessed in different ways than simply taking a, um, you know, a Scantron test or writing an essay. So it's all changing. Uh, and that's exciting because I don't want to wake up one morning and find Amazon University across the street because we didn't meet to market demand. You're laughing, but they, they might be. And you know what? They will clean our clock yeah. with technology and marketing and innovation and everything else. So I want to I want to stay ahead of that curve, and um, never never forget the community that we serve. Right, we are not a community college, but a college of the community. I, I love that phrase. You know, I've watched as you mentioned micro credentials, and then you talk about non credits. Um, it's been watching this, these last couple of years. This last year has kind of helped moving people to think now more about micro credentials, but it's hard to get some uh, presidents and deans and chancellors 
to quit thinking only about the, about the credit and the and the pathway and the and the old funding models. Do, I mean, so uh, how, do you have any suggestions? How how can they? How can people break from that? I mean, how do you change the funding model? Like you were talking about, you have people that's in ag that's coming in to do that. Does business then cover some of that cost for you, and the students don't pay for that, or how does that work? Well, uh, so I'll speak to it, and, and and you raise a good point because the states and funding models don't recognize this new paradigm, right? That that's. Uh, in states where you get paid for delivering a, a three credit hour course, um, this doesn't fit. And we, we, are, uh, we are somewhat uh, in a more favorable situation here in Arizona where the two out of every $3 that fund Arizona Western College come from local property taxes. Um, so we are less state dependent, um, which is a good, which is a nice way of saying our state doesn't really give us much money. So if they so if they don't give us any money, we won't really even miss it. Um, and so we 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 benefit from a, a stable local tax base. And then you're right, employers come in and say, "This is what we want," and we're willing to send our folks to learn about uh, pesticide application. Uh, and and we know that you can start it next week, and you can get it to our our satisfaction, and we'll pay. Uh, you know, we'll partner with you in that process. So we're really lucky in that benefit. But you raise a good point that that if you have to chase a funding model that that constrains you into how you deliver your product, um, ultimately that's going to lead to 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 unfavorable results for sure. Yeah, and and I think some of the unfavorable results is uh, no offense, but it almost puts to your education in a whole and business, then private companies can kind of come in and do the same thing because they're, because they can fund differently. Absolutely. They're not dependent, uh, dependent on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, seriously. I was only half joking and maybe not even half joking about the concept of Amazon university. Right. I can see people thinking about that. Right. You know, the, Amazon now owns whole foods and, and, and you, you don't think all these other competitors are shaking in their boots. If, if they ever got into the educational sphere, and whether it's Amazon or Google or my, sure. whoever, and they're not constrained by this narrow thinking of a traditional funding model and delivery model, uh, and industry embraces that, um, wh whether it's ag or IT or the medical field or anyone else, uh, it's, it's to our detriment. So we, 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 we are best served by thinking outside that narrow box for sure. So let's talk a little bit about you. Um, can you talk about yourself and the path that led you to become the ninth president at Arizona Western? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I am, um, my, my path is very similar to the, to the students here at Arizona Western College. Uh, I am a, a proud first-gen uh, uh, graduate. Uh, my mom and dad um, uh, graduated high school and, and, and didn't uh, go any further. Uh, you know, my, my dad would say I graduated high school on Friday. I was shipped off to post-war Japan on Monday and he'd lean in and go, it was a hell of a weekend in between. Uh, and, and a, a good working class uh, family on the South side of Chicago. My older sister and my older brother graduated high school and, and, and went into the workforce. And here was a life-changing moment, Dave. My older sister, the oldest in the family, Mary, graduated high school uh, and went to work and funded my tuition 
to go to a Catholic high school. Um, and at that Catholic high school, I, I left my immediate neighborhood and I interacted with folks whose future was destined for higher ed. It was understood they were heading to higher ed. That wasn't my experience and it was an eye opener. And I realized that these, the, it was an all boys school. These, these fellows I was hanging out with, I could hang with them academically. And why wouldn't I go to college? So I did. And I, and I, and I was the first in my family to, to graduate, extended family, cousins, everything else to graduate uh, from college. And here's what I'm most proud of, Dave. My two younger sisters both graduated from, from college. I have two daughters. My wife and I have, have been married 28 years. We have two daughters. Both are at university right now. One's in a PhD program. Their destiny to go to college was well-established. There was never a question if. I want that for our community. And that's what got, that's why I love community colleges. I love the underdog, um, uh, the, the scrappy underdog who life, you know, is first in their family to go to college, is on a Pell Grant, is probably working part-time, is just really uh, grinding each day uh, for a better life. Um, so that, that was my path. I, I started uh, 31, this is my 32nd year uh, at a community college in Illinois, Prairie State College. Spent some time at Wabonzi Community College and then uh, William Rainey Harper College and progressively res more responsible positions. But I love the community college, love the community college mission. Moved to Arizona um, uh, 15 years ago, spent 10 years at Scottsdale Community College. Uh, and then I've been the proud president, my first presidency, my, hopefully my own only presidency here at, uh, at, at AWC. And um, it, it really is, you know, when, when I'm struggling a little bit and we all have those bad days, just go interact with students. You know, go talk to a guy who just worked the overnight shift, who's, you know, cramming for a biology exam um, and, and just grinding away. That's, that's my motivation. Hmm. Oh, well, if I could, if I could share one other thing real quick, sure. to, to my knowledge, and and someone out there might be able to correct me, we we we're certainly the only community college in Arizona, and we may be one of the few, if the only, in 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 the United States that has a student experience statement. What we do is we have it, it's it's on the wall behind me, and it's always within um, eyesight. It says Arizona Western College commits to delivering an amazing student experience characterized by, and, and then we have a few bullet points. That's really important to me, right? We commit to delivering an amazing student experience. Do we always meet that commitment? No, right? But when we fall short, we know what our goal is. We know what our true north is. Um, we established that four years ago, and I'm really proud of it. And we make sure that everyone has it in front of them, right? That Dave, when you come onto our campus, we're committing to delivering an amazing student experience. And then decisions suddenly become a little easier, right? Because does this decision contribute to an amazing student experience? Or is it neutral? Or at worst, does it detract mm -hmm. from an amazing student experience? Um, so to, to, to me, that's our true north and how I got into higher ed and why I'm committed to community colleges and our mission and, and why it's a lot of fun to be the president at Arizona Western College. <laughs> well, what's been the proudest moments of your presidency so far at Arizona Western? 
we, you know, it's that college going culture. Uh, so much to be proud of, uh, but, but um, I, I knew that if we were gonna uh, um, create the thriving community here in Yuma that we wanted, we needed to create this college going culture, right? The college going culture that was prevalent in that Catholic high school in the suburbs that I went to, but wasn't prevalent in, in the community in which I grew up in and isn't necessarily, or wasn't prevalent here. So in my second board meeting, as a very new president, I asked our district governing board to, to establish a tuition rate of $25 a credit hour for any high school student. Any high school student who wanted to take AWC classes while still in high school, we wanted to make that economically feasible. And if you couldn't afford the 75 bucks uh, for a three credit hour course, we would find you a scholarship. Um, because we know that when students can have a successful academic college experience while still in high school, the magic number is two. That if students successfully complete two college level courses while in high school, it's inevitable they'll go on to higher ed and they will earn a credential at significantly higher rates than those who didn't have that experience. So we have had a fourfold increase in the number of high school students taking college uh, courses over the last four years. We basically doubled uh, e each year. And um, to me, I'm seeing the seeds of a college going culture materializing here in Yuma. And that's really cool. Um, another proud moment, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our response to the pandemic, you know, 16 months sure. ago. Um, we weren't alone, you know, but we pivoted with two days notice entirely to, to, to an online or, or from a distance. And our faculty just, I mean, they just worked their butts off under really tough situations. And, and we got laptops into the hands of students who didn't have them. And we set up, you know, Wi-Fi in the parking lot for folks who could, we had folks sitting out in lawn chairs, doing their homework, socially distanced. And, and then we responded as a college of the community. We were a testing center. We were an immunization center. We were a part of wastewater treatment testing to spot hotspots in the community. I, I was just really proud of us being part of the solution for this particular community, which we're charged to do as a community college. Yeah, I, w I was still a dean at that time. And, and, I, and that's, I, I, think, I think in a few years, I think everybody should get back together and reminisce that that week when it was told, oh, by the way, we're, we're moving all those classes that everybody said was impossible to move online. We're going to do it in two or three days. And 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 we somehow did, right? We did. And we found right. new ways to assess without someone in the room with us, right? Yeah. Uh, we 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 did it. Um, and that's it, it. Was that spirit, you know? And I I think ultimately for all of us, some level of fatigue certainly uh, <laughs> kicked in. It was the president of the Air Force Academy. I was uh, on a webinar with where he was presenting. I wish I could remember his name, but think about the president of the Air Force Academy. I mean, that's, you're a pretty studly dude at that point, right? <laughs> and he spoke of decision fatigue. Um, a, a person who had led men and women into battle, uh, kind of identifying that during the midst of that, we're constant, we were constantly making decisions and, and uh, changing things that he found himself fatigued. That gave me some great comfort that, you know, I wasn't a sissy after all, that, that I wasn't alone in that respect. 
That's pretty good. Um, what is your definition of leadership? What's been your leadership priorities as president of Arizona Western? Um, you know, my, my priorities always are the students, right? Doing that true north, doing what's best for our students and really just empowering others uh, to, to do their best work, right? Uh, trusting decision-making ideally at the lowest level with the understanding of that decision has to correspond with, with what's best for students. Um, you know, I've been really lucky to have an amazing team that sits on cabinet, um, trusting them. Um, and then the woman who hired me in my first community college job taught me a, a phrase that, that I've introduced to the college and we try to use as much as possible. And that's charitable interpretation, right? I try to give people a charitable interpretation and then I ask the same of others, right? If, if I've made you mad or if I've made a decision you disagree with, provide me with a charitable interpretation of what I was trying to do. Um, and I just feel that when we give each other a charitable interpretation, um, life is just a lot easier. We work together better. We ultimately come up with better decisions. Because uh, if you stop and think about it, no one really gets out of bed and says, today I'm really going to get Dave, right? Today I'm going to make so many decisions that will infuriate Dave, and I will view that as a successful day. No one does that. Right. So provide others with a charitable interpretation. Ask one for yourself. Because, uh, you know, boy, in my role, I have the opportunity to goof up more than others do. Right. So I, I've made some bad decisions. I've made some ill informed decisions. Provide me with a charitable interpretation and then we can we can learn from it. I, that, that's a new phrase I've never heard. But I tell you what, my wife's going to hear that probably in the next week or so from me. I, I love that phrase. <laughs> Own Simon, who has since passed, unfortunately, taught me that. And she said it like this, too, Dave. She goes, I had just goofed up something. I forget what. And, and she goes, I was a young, uh, uh, you know, young buck. I think like a director or something. She goes, Daniel, I'm going to provide you with a charitable interpretation of what you were trying to accomplish. <laughs> I yeah. said, I'm never going to forget that. And yeah. I haven't. So, yeah. Oh, good yeah. phrase. Um, What's been some of the biggest lessons you have learned as an academic leader and what advice can you give new college presidents? Yeah. So a new college president advice, you know, uh, there'll be ups and downs, right? Provide yourself that you're, you know, provide yourself a charitable interpretation, right? You are going to get more credit than you deserve when things go well, and you're going to get more blame than you deserve. Um, uh, when things don't go well. Also understand that most community colleges, if not all, are large, complex, nuanced institutions, right? Don't expect you to know what everyone's doing at any given time, right? Um, and expect, expect things to go wrong. Uh, we have almost 11,000 students. We serve a huge geographical location. At any given time, something's going wrong. Uh, a roof is leaking, an employee has done something we wish they hadn't, a student issue has popped up. Just understand that that's the norm. Don't get too high, don't get too low, and just keep coming back to it as our true north. Keep the students in mind, right? Keep the students in mind. Do what's best for them. 
make sure you understand that you represent the community and you're a college of the community. Um, and then I really do mean this, Dave, have fun, have fun, you know, soak, allow yourself to soak it all in, stand on stage at graduation, you know, in your silly regalia, right? And, and, but soak it all in, take a look at all those graduates, take a look at all the parents and, and soak it in and go, this is cool. This is, this is a real joy to be able in, to be in this spot. Um, and, and really soak in those fun moments and don't view it as, you know, kind of your obligation to lead. Right. Just, you know, I, I enjoy the moment, be in the moment, enjoy the successes, understand the failure and the hardship is inevitable in the position and don't get too high. Don't get too low. Good advice. Good advice. I, I do know a few leaders that don't seem to enjoy that moment very much. It seems yeah. to be, and I can't figure out why they stay in higher ed, uh, but right. If, if, if you're not enjoying graduation, we, we got to have a talk, right? You got to go see a career counselor. <laughs> if you're not enjoying graduation, the other 364 days must be just hell. That's got to be just miserable. Uh, what are your views on the free community college concept? Is Arizona uh, doing anything with that right now? Uh, and we are not as a state. Uh, I will say that um, uh, just before the pandemic, uh, timing is was less than perfect. We established our own uh, Yuma Promise program. Oh. AW, Arizona Western College ourselves, we're funding it ourselves. We have some community partners. It says, graduate high school, fill out the FAFSA, enroll full-time. That's a key, full-time. Stay enrolled full-time. And when you earn your credential, 100% of your tuition and fees out of pocket, right? It's a last dollar scholarship uh, will be refunded to you. Um, and, and that was our way of saying finances aren't an issue. Your community college is here. Uh, and, and we're doing that not at the state level, not at the county level. We are funding that as a college uh, because we feel that's our investment in those folks who enroll full-time and, and, and stay enrolled full-time through to completion. Where, do, where does that money come from? It's a great question. It, it, it largely comes from, remember I said earlier, the, uh, the majority of our students are fully Pell eligible. Federal government's paying that money. And guess what? We've now convinced you not to take three, six or nine credit hours, but you're taking 12 and 15 credit hours and you're staying enrolled full-time and you're earning a credential. So we've seen actually pre-pandemic an increase based on the on the Yuma promise. So folks were taking increased numbers of credit hours. The majority of them, the vast majority of them paid for through federal financial aid. It, oh, it's a self-sustaining program that leads to higher levels of credentials for the community. What a great idea. Is now is is that only for associates or is that also certificates or it uh, great question. It is just for associates. Uh, okay. it, it, uh, we established uh, four years ago when we established our new mission, vision, values, as well as our student experience statement, we established our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal of doubling baccalaureate attainment uh, by 2035. So it is for associate's degrees looking to transfer on uh, to, to, to baccalaureate. I what a great idea. Um, it seems that before we look for answers, we need to always ask the right question. So 
the question I have for you is, what questions do you think need to be asked regarding the future of higher education, especially to your education? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so many questions, right? Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it really, it, it's such a great question because, um, you know, what, what, what is the future? I think it, it's that partnership with the high school. We've, we've got to begin to blur these lines between high school and then a decision point as a community college and then the community college and a decision point to a, to a baccalaureate. The more we can blur these lines and, and integrate those systems, and I can speak to what we're doing here in Yuma here in a second, I, I think we are uh, awfully well served. Um, and, and it also speaks to what we're trying to do here, you know, and, and it, it, it here in Yuma and AWC, and it dovetails with the, uh, you know, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion questions that, that are so prominent now, and rightfully so. Our... You know, are we reaching folks, these, these two thirds of our students who are first gen, we've reached them and that's amazing. But how many other families are still outside the realm of higher ed who don't view themselves as ever possible to higher ed? And it's not about simply attracting them. How do we help facilitate their success? Um, how do we help them feel part of an institution of higher ed? And what can we do while they're here in Yuma to help their support? Um, but how can we also position them to be successful as they transfer uh, potentially to, to Arizona State University or Northern Arizona University or University of um, Arizona? Um, so those those are huge questions, and and it's not those are not AWC questions or Arizona questions. Those are those are those are the big questions. How do we how do we you know how do we move past simply access to success? Uh, in the higher ed uh, realm. And I, I, I referenced earlier, we're doing something a little different here in, in, in Yuma. We're the only community college in Arizona that has all three state universities right here on our campus. There are just three state universities. All three are on our campus offering face-to-face -face baccalaureate degrees. Um, so for those folks who don't have the option of leaving home and, and traveling you know, to different parts of the states and trying to find housing and whatnot. We want those opportunities right here. And we're creating almost a university center with, with a really large footprint from all three state universities. And, and here's a cool thing we do, Dave. Every May, we were talking about graduation. Every May, our graduation is not Arizona Western College. It's Arizona Western College, Arizona State University, University of Arizona and Northern Arizona University. We do it together. We're in the football field. There's about 8,000 people in the stands. It's raucous. It's loud. It's like a community pep rally. But we want to see our graduates see those graduates from Northern Arizona University and Arizona State University walk across the stage. And it really does say um, that, that higher education is part of this community and we're integrating all those systems together. So we're reaching down to the high school and, and quadrupling the number of high school students taking AWC classes. And then we're reaching up to the universities to say, bring your programs here so that we can serve our students together on this campus. And it's working out amazingly. Uh, it, 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 we're really proud of that partnership. Yeah, that, that seems pretty exciting. I. 
I can't imagine. So you have all the universities on your campus, all the state universities on your campus. We do. And they're, they, they have buildings here with, with their, you know, insignia on, on them. And uh, well, you know, on my board behind me, I have the big A for Arizona. I've got the, you know, the, the forks up for ASU. And uh, so I, I got to love all three, right? It's like a father with three kids. I love all three universities the same. Uh, 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 and, but it's, it provides access to higher ed in your community, which is so important to completion. So how has the numbers improved for moving into these two, I guess they're like two plus two degree pathways, right? So they are, they're, they're, they're exactly two plus two. And, and, um, this, not this past May, but the May before, while we were still in the middle of a pandemic, Arizona Western college awarded its most ever associate degrees. We transferred more of our students to one of the three state universities than we had ever done in our 57 year history. And here's the key that meets the BHAG. More of our transfer students earned baccalaureate degrees from those three state universities than they had ever done in the 57 year history of this college. Wow. So our trajectory is, 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 is pronounced uh, in its upward trend. Holy cow. That, that's great. That's, you know, I know that's, I mean, that's what two-year colleges always want to do is they want to help transfer up to four, but you're, you're showing some pretty big numbers there. We are. And then last year, uh, like most community colleges, we saw a significant decline right. uh, in, in our enrollment. Uh, we were down about 15%. And we know that students of color and first-gen students were disproportionately uh, accounted for in those that did not attend higher ed last year or who had poor outcomes. So we've spent all summer welcoming those folks back, right? And, and one thing that has really resonated, I'd love to share with you, is something we're calling a free peat. It's exactly what it sounds like, a free peat. So if you took a class in an online environment and it didn't work out for you, right? Maybe you didn't have the laptop, you didn't like learning on at, at home, your internet connect, for whatever reason, maybe you dropped the class, you didn't get the grade you wanted. We don't want our students to feel as though they've tried college and it didn't work for them. So what we're saying to students is any class you would like to repeat, you can take it as a free peat. It's an educational mulligan. Come on back, take the class in person. You won't be charged for it. Get your educational goals back on track. We understand that COVID was tough. Learning online may have not been for you. Come on back, we're open. The response has been amazing. Um, we, 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 had, we had some fellow who, who took a class like seven or eight years ago and says, do I get the free beat? And we're like, no, you don't get the free beat. <laughs> It's only in the last year and a half. You do not get the repeat. Uh, but that was our message. We also said to every high school student this summer, you can come take classes at Arizona Western College for free. No fees, no tuition. Re-engage in your education. Um, for whatever reason, a lot of folks were loosely connected or disconnected through online learning, even in the high school. We wanted them to reconnect and we wanted to be kind of the catalyst of them doing that. You know, the, this, this free P that I, I've talked to a lot of college presidents. This is the first time I've heard of this. So you are really innovative in Arizona to say the least. We're trying, we're trying. And I would 
Remember I said presidents get more credit than they deserve? It wasn't my idea. <laughs> right? My vice president of finance, uh, he, he said, hey, what, what if we call it, give him a repeat? And then our marketing person said, we'll call it a free repeat. And I'm like, yes. So not, not my idea, but you know, my job is just to understand when I hear a good idea, not necessarily come up with them. So that's what I did. Well, how do you see higher ed? evolving over the next five to 10 years in? Where do you think we're going? Yeah, I, I, I think a rightful focus on, on, on diversity, inclusion, and equity, the success uh, uh, of, of the students, diverse students um, is absolutely uh, key. I think the, the lessons of the pandemic, the ability to, to teach courses from a distance and assess differently and engage students, that's not going away. Uh, we, we learned we can do a lot of cool things. Um, so I think technology, the role of technology and the flexibility, right? This, this concept that it, the semester doesn't just start mid-August and early January. Um, we need to be a lot more responsive. And then, um, you know, the, the concept that I spoke of earlier of outside non-educational entities entering into the space in terms of workforce credentialing. Uh, what what does that look like? Are are we competitors? Are we partners? Or are we just you know cleaned out of the out of the space? Um, I, I certainly hope it's as a partnership. Well, here here is a futuristic question. So let's say in a, in a few months from now, somebody comes in and says, "Here's some extra budget money. You can spend it on anything you want." What would you spend it on? Boy, that never happens. <laughs> I know, so uh, that's why that's why it wasn't going to happen today. We had to make it futuristic. You, you, you know, I, I um, boy, that that it, it's a great question. What would I spend it on? I I, I think in, in a really bland uh, answer, probably one of my uh, probably not my most articulate answer would be, what is what really does that student experience look like, and what are how do we connect our students outside the classroom with uh, internships and mentorships? And, and how, how do we take that amazing learning that occurs in the classroom and even in labs, and how do we transition that to the workforce? Um, how, how do we engage our community in the education and, our, and the college in the community? Um, we do a lot in that respect, but I, I think there's some really great learning experiences that can occur and can only occur outside this campus, outside the classroom, and, and in really very diverse um, workplace settings. I'd love to do more in that sphere. I don't even know what it looks like, uh, and, and I can't be articulate about it, but I, I think that would be something really neat that would benefit our students tremendously. So, so you're thinking like apprenticeships, internships, things yes. like that? Yeah. And when we think of apprenticeship, right, we think of the electrician, right? right. We think of the trades. But, but what about someone studying business? Right. Uh, you know, what, what does that look like? Someone who's interested in marketing, uh, can, they, can they work a couple hours a week in a marketing office? Can they shadow someone? Can they, uh, what does that look like? Uh, can I remember as a young buck going to my first professional conference, right? And just what an eye-opener that was. I'd love to get, have our students attend 
professional conferences, right? And, and interact with industry prof professionals and go to the trade shows and, and um, you know, the, the, the booths and talk to vendors and, and understand what's going on. What an eye opener. Um, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that outside because we do have apprenticeships, but they're pretty narrowly focused mm -hmm. on the trades. Oh, I got you. So here's my last question. Yeah. Um, do you have some favorite books on leadership that you would recommend to other academic leaders? I, I've got one that uh, really resonated and it's uh, Scaling Up Excellence. Um, and uh, Sutton and Rao, uh, it's getting to more without settling for less. And the key there is scaling, right? How do we scale what we do? Um, we have an amazing program here. It's called the CAMP program. And it's for um, uh, children of or field workers themselves, uh, folks who, who, who uh, toil in the fields uh, to, to be able to have a residential experience here at Arizona Western College. We have residence halls and attend college full-time and they are remarkably successful. The, you know, the, these camp students, they're, they're, you just wanna be around them. You're inspired by them. There's 80 of them. We have 11,000 students. How do we scale the, the, the excellence of the camp program to, to those who aren't in this high touch, highly supportive, highly structured uh, environment? How do we bring the cool things that we're doing in pockets to scale? How do we take the success of Arizona Western College and scale it to Arizona and scale it to the US? How do I pull things from other institutions and scale it? And that's 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 a challenge, but I, I found the book really a great read, a really easy read, and one that's uh, relevant, certainly in community colleges, but w whatever your field, healthcare, business, whatever else, it, 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 it's really a, a great book. Well, thanks so much for the recommendation. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for being on our show. I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Oh, this has been fun. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, we've got a little saying around here that it's a great day to be a matador. Uh, and Arizona Western College is home of the matadors. And today really has been a great day to be a matador and chat with you and share all the good things going on in Yuma, Arizona. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com for additional information. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.